You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome back. Been a bit, plenty going on. Not a whole lot we can discuss right now, but when the time is right, you can be sure we're going to have it all covered for you. Mid-December, December 16th, happy holidays. Get your shopping done. If you haven't, you're probably in big trouble. Everybody that loves you is going to be really mad at you. If you haven't done your shopping and you need to do some last-minute shopping, snag some of those really sweet-looking Marlins Cafecito Cups just go to marlins.com slash holiday. They are multi-purpose. Uh, fill it with whatever you'd like. That's up to you. But grab a couple of cups and some tickets to some ball games next season. $65. Tickets to three games. It's really hard to beat that deal. That's highway robbery, folks. That is stealing. That's doing stuff you're not supposed to do. And you could come out to the ballpark, $65, tickets to three games, a cafecito cup, really sweet looking. Anyways, marlins.com slash holiday. Check it out, and we will see you in 2022. Okay, on today's episode, December the 16th, new Marlins hitting coach Marcus Timms joins us after what was a very successful playing career in what's been a very successful post-playing coaching career, most recently with the New York Yankees. So here he is. This is the new Marlins hitting coach, Marcus Timms. Okay, we are joined now by Marlins hitting coach Marcus Timms, who joins the organization after a 10-year big league playing career and what will soon be his 10th season coaching post-playing. So, Marcus, thank you for joining us, and I guess I'll just start by asking you how excited you are to take on this new challenge in Miami. Um, I'm really excited. Um, got a lot of got a ton of talent there. Um, I've been, been looking forward to it once I got the job and starting to dive in and watching videos and stuff like that, and I'm um, proud. Prior to the shutdown, I was able to connect with a couple of the guys, so I'm really excited to get going. How natural um, did the fit feel for you, given your familiarity with so many people you knew previously with the New York Yankees organization? It's it's great. Um, those guys, a lot of guys in the organization, they know me and I know them, and there's a lot of trust there. And and um, but at the same time, we still want to win, and and that's that's the that's the intriguing part for me. I know those guys; they want to win, and have a lot of have we have a lot of time. We have tons of talent here in Miami now. There are um, coaching changes throughout 30 franchises every offseason, and uh, whenever you hear somebody new entering an organization, I always feel like they say it's time to hit the ground running, and we hear people say it's time to get to work. You're the hitting coach of a Major League Baseball team. You don't have a ton of experience with a lot of these guys. Uh, how do you in this position start that? Where do you hit the ground running? First of all, for me, I'm always trying to get to know my players. I'm trying to get to understand them and know who they are and get them to, to understand who I am and what I'm all about. So that's that's the first thing for me. I'm getting to know the players and and, and, and and trying to get that relationship start building up. How do you build trust and get guys to buy into your philosophy? Just getting guys to know it's not about me. I don't have an ego. It's all about, about the player when it comes to me on the hitting side of things. And then we try to mesh everything together so we can um, – create a great culture around the, the ballpark. How does that, is that, does that start in spring training? I mean, look, 
uh, non-roster invitees. There's 50, there's 60 guys. Guys are trying to get their work in every day. Uh, do you really try to just get to sit down, talk to them on the phone in person to get to know them as human beings so you can develop some of that trust? I feel like that's the best way to do it. Um, I, I've always learned, like, getting the, getting those guys' ears, man, and, and just trying to get a feel for who they are. And, and it starts in the offseason. I mean, you can't wait until spring training starts because, like you said, there's a lot of things going on. So um, you try to do that in the, in the wintertime. Marcus Timms, Marlins hitting coach, joining us on this episode of Beyond the Bases. Good to have you with us here. Uh, Marcus, whether you're a freshman in high school, and I always think about this, you're 13, 14 years older. You've been in the t- big leagues for 10 years, and you've made $200 bucks, and your pockets are a little heavier. What's the key at every level to hitting the baseball that never changes? Being consistent. you got to be consistent. you got to be consistent with the barrel of the baseball, and, and, and you got to swing at strikes no matter where you're at. T-ball, little league. High school, <laughs> you got to swing at strikes. If you don't swing at strikes, it's going to be a rough go for you. I know I ask you about building trust and getting guys to buy into your approach and your philosophy, and every single hitter in Major League Baseball is different. Everybody does something a little bit differently, but there's obviously some things that are consistent. Can you share with us, I guess within reason, what your philosophy is when it comes to hitting? Because I'm sure there's a bunch of different approaches. Number one for me, it's going to be just you know making sure our guys know what they do well. Um, I feel like sometimes knowing what area you, you, you hit the ball well at and um, really trying to get those guys to buy into that. And then just overall, just the team effort. You know, sometimes I know it get picked apart, but I feel like if, if everybody's pulling the rope in the same direction with the 13 hitters that we have, good things can happen. So that's what I want to get done. I would say during your playing days, uh, you were a feared slugger, Marcus. I mean, you hit a home run every nearly every 16 at-bats. You still hold the Tigers' record for average at-bats per home run. I think um, – I was, I was looking at this. I think you were way ahead of your time in terms of launch angle and exit velocity. I think back then they just call it smashing the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, but, but, but what was it that made you such a good power hitter when you were playing? For me, I was just trying to make sure I got a pitch and hit it hard. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm 6'2", 225 pounds. I mean, I can get it barreled up pretty good. Um, it would go. But I wasn't trying to hit home runs. Um, I know that people look at my baseball card and it's like, oh, he's a big slugger. For me, I was a role guy. I played, you know, I played three to four times a week maybe. And, and I was trying to do whatever I could to help the team. And that's, that was my job. I say launch angle. I say exit velocity. I, I say some of it in jest, I suppose. Um, where do you sit with all the metrics and analytics, especially offensively in today's game? I mean, a guy could get a binder with 100 different things, and I'm sure they can yeah. look at it. To me, that would seem extremely overwhelming. But there's obviously a purpose for this stuff. People utilize it. But where do you sit with analytics and good old-fashioned baseball and approaching that thing and hitting it? For me, it's all about meshing everything together. You know, the analytics, it's a huge part of the game. And so we have to be able to use that and also use what we know as our experience and stuff like that. And I think when you mesh it together, good things can happen. So um, we're going to use everything we can to make sure our players are in a good position to succeed. I would say since the beginning of time, uh, we've been hold your head, we've been told that you're headed to the Hall of Fame at Cooperstown if you're successful 30% of the time. Uh, baseball is a game of failure. It's a game that's getting bigger, faster, and stronger. I think if you combine all that, it's getting a lot tougher to play. Um, there's always going to be things that you can work on with guys physically throughout the course of seven, eight months. How much of your time is spent on the mental side with these guys, though? A lot. A lot. Um, I'll make sure I use our mental conditioning coach that we have have on staff. And uh, because sometimes, you know, you can get, bring a guy to the cage and you're sitting there, you're worried about his swing and this and that, and his mind is somewhere else. So, so for me, um, the mental side of the game is really, really important. And um, that's that's one of my one of my big, big assets that I bring to the table also, because I love getting inside a guy's head just to figure out what's going on with him.
And I think about that, and I'm thinking, okay, in the National League East, it's pretty daunting. Uh, the Mets have got a great staff. Atlanta's coming off the World Series. I, I know this is not cookie cutter for every guy, but if there's a guy that's struggling, and sometimes guys, really good professional hitters, can struggle for a couple of weeks, generally what what is the message just to try to help a guy, just to help him try to get through it? Because it's not easy going out there and trying to hit 98-mile-an-hour fastball four times every single night when you're not going good. Just, just let them know how good they are. Just let them know, like, hey, you, you have a track record. You're going through a funk right now. But my job is to try to make sure we get out of that funk as quick as possible. So for me, just keep giving them that confidence that they need because I've been a player too. And sometimes <laughs> we always say it sucks to suck sometimes, you know. So <laughs> you got you to gotta try to keep them positive, man, and let them know that they, they belong and that, you know, they have that uniform on for a reason. Marlon City coach Marcus Timms joining us on this episode of Beyond the Bases. Marcus, what did you learn about the game playing with Derek Jeter when you were with the New York Yankees organization? Um, he was consistent every single day. Um, he had a routine, and he went by that routine every single day. Um, and, and that's what I learned from him. He was a consistent. He was a pro. Every single day, he brought it every single day. And, uh, you know, my locker was down from his. I always tried to watch what he was doing just to see if he was going to come off his routine, and he never did. So um, he, was, he was an ultimate professional. Uh, Marcus, uh, outside of baseball, you got the Titleist hat on. How's the golf game? Terrible. Oh. I don't even know why. I don't even know why I'm wearing it right now. Uh, uh, I, I'm not that good. I go out. I'm, I try not to lose two boxes of balls, but uh, I'm not that good though. <laughs> uh, growing up in Mississippi, I'm, I'm always curious who got you into the game of baseball, a sport that you love, and why did you ultimately decide to pursue it as your career that's continuing now for over two, three decades of playing the sport. Just family, my family. My my uncles played in like a little semi-pro league back home. My brother played in college. Um, we always we played our, every single sport that we could possibly play, and, um, and and baseball just it just fell in my lap a little bit, and I, I kept working hard at it, and and I was able to have some success in it. What were uh, and what are I guess some of your passions outside of baseball? If Marcus Timms wasn't playing baseball, wasn't coaching baseball, he'd be doing what? I, I love kids, so I'll be doing something in the school system, coaching kids, doing something. So I'll always always wanted to be in, in one sport or the other, but, um, but being around kids and helping them um, fulfill their dreams. Is that, I guess, kind of what drives you today? I mean, I, I mean, you say kids, and I know that's like, you know, maybe the 10 to 15-year-old range, but a lot of these young kids that are 18, 19 years old in big league camps now, and you've been around the game a long time, is that where a lot of that passion comes from, is just trying to watch a young man grow, get better, and ultimately develop into a great Major League Baseball player? Yes, and it's come from my mentors that I've watched and that, that helped me throughout my career, too, just watching how they handled me as a young man. And um, that's all I want to do with the younger players when they come in through. It doesn't matter if they're in A-ball, double-A, or triple-A. Even when I was in New York, I would have those guys at my house and talk to them, look out for them, just try to get to know them and, and try to let them know that, hey, I'm here for you, too. And not just because I'm the major league hitting coach. I just love helping people um, be better in this game. Who are some of your mentors? Um, Jim Leland was one, Mark Newman, who's passed away. Um, um, yeah, there's a ton. Gary Dembo, who's um, over at Miley Development in, in Miami now. Um, he had a huge impact on my life, too. But um, just a lot of guys that I came through um, as a young man playing the game of baseball when I got to professional ranks. I think it's probably unfair to ask, but has there been a biggest piece of advice you've gotten from somebody growing up, whether it was a mentor, a coach, that you still, there's still a line or two lines that you continue to pass down today? Be a good listener. Mm. Always be a good listener. For me, I, I will always be a good listener. I want to hear what whoever I'm talking to, I want to get to hear them first. And I think I know it all, you know, so I want to make sure that, that I'm listening to what the player is saying or, or whoever it is. It's an administrator. I'm, I'm a good listener, and then I try to, 
try to go about my things after that. That's outstanding. Marcus, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, happy holidays to you and your family. We'll see you in just a few short months up in Jupiter. Thanks again. All right. Thank you, man. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Okay, thank you to Marcus for joining us. The Marlins coaching staff has been finalized for 2022. Marcus joins the mix along with Al Padrique. He's going to join us on Beyond the Bases two weeks from today. So happy holidays, be safe, be seen, and check back with us in a couple of weeks for an all-new episode of Beyond the Bases.